episode is July 25th, 2015. It's the chopping block number 12. Joey, how are you doing this week? I'm doing fantastic. Right. Fantastic. Fantastic. Fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> what have you been playing this week? What have you been doing this week? Mm, as far as playing goes, just been kind of dicking around with Black Flag some more. I don't know, I just kind of feel like I need to get 100% on that for some reason. Hey, or at least until I get bored of it. It's a free game, so... Yeah, free game, getting the most out of all the freeness to it, so... It's pretty fun, I gotta admit, it's not bad. Um, just been kind of going around sinking ships. It's been about it. Yeah. And then I saw Ant-Man, Ant-Man over the weekend, and that was pretty good. That was a lot of fun. Definitely worth watching. Definitely worth watching. If just for, like, Michael Pena's character, Luis, alone... Best character in the entire Marvel universe it is like this, this. Definitely became one of my favorite Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's definitely up there. Like, like I, I like I like all of them well enough, but I like the Captain America movies more. Um, but this one, like, this is my new favorite. This one's definitely my new favorite. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of like a different take on Marvel movies, right? Where it's not like completely. All up its own, but kind of yeah. It kind of takes know, itself more casually. And it's definitely it's definitely more casual, and there's a lot more. Uh, it's it's a lot more fun than the other ones have been. Right. Because right. this this one feels like a, like that first generation of movies when they were still really new and fun and exciting. So this is what that feels like, and I really dig that a lot about it. So you know, go see go see Ant Man. It's awesome. Paul Rudd. I didn't think Paul Rudd could pull off being a you know, in a Marvel movie, but he he does it, and like it's kind of funny when you look at the people who wrote it too, because Paul Rudd uh, wrote some of the script. He was writing it with uh, his friend Adam McKay, right? And Adam McKay has directed and written like stuff like Step Brothers and um, the Goodfellas, no, not Goodfellas, um, the other guys with yeah, 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 um, Will Ferrell and uh, Marky Mark and stuff, and. So to see those names on like a big Marvel movie like this, is so crazy and insane, but it, it worked out so well. It's worth this. We're definitely worth seeing. Yeah, I'm trying to go watch it maybe this weekend, maybe sometime in the middle of the week if I get a chance. But I definitely want to watch it. Yeah. Um, what have I been doing? I uh, got Tales of the Borderlands. Been playing that. Um, one of the best Telltale games. Yeah. Definitely. It definitely keeps to that. Uh, Borderlands like comedy, just everything being sort of just all that hilarious, sarcastic, yeah, kind of tongue in cheek, poking fun at RPGs. Yeah, and stuff. so so the whole thing is you know you're you're being told a story by two characters, mm. right? Um, and each of them will tell part of the story, and at some point the story gets really really ridiculous, <laughs> and the other characters like that's not how it happened. So then it gets switches over to like the different characters' point of view and stuff. Um, but it's just really funny. There's one segment in um, in one of the chapters where um, what you the dude and his friend, like his friend, try to betray the dude, like yeah. the dude you play. And um, you know, at some point, it's just like they they're talking. They're like, "Yeah, everything's cool," and they just start saying "bro" to each other a whole <laughs> lot. They're like, "Thanks, bro. Like you're the best, bro. Like you're really the best." And they just they just start. It eventually, it just goes like, "Bro, bro, 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 bro." <laughs> And it turns out that the girl is telling the story she of up. this, and then he's like, "Yeah, it didn't go anything like that." 
it's really really funny like it's it, it so keeps good. to that like borderlands level of humor which i really can appreciate um <laughs> other than that i got a uh, tempo the badass elephant this sounds like a badass game. It is. It it's, is. It's a. Uh, it's published by Sega. It's made by Game Freak, which are the same people who made Pokemon. But it's a like. It's nothing like Pokemon. It's fun. It's weird. You play an elephant, and when he gets beat up, he eats peanut butter, and he's like perfectly fine. <laughs> so uh, so he's like Popeye. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, but that's about it. I don't think I've really watched any movies this week. Um, but yeah, um, definitely play Tales of the Borderlands. That's like my one recommendation so far. But I'm very, very... Sounds pretty good. I'm very, very excited to... Uh, there's two chapters left. Um, I'm very excited for those to come out. Um, yeah. Um, let's uh, let's get rid of all this dead air. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and jump in right to our... Um, right to our news for the week. Um, so, in gaming, uh, I read that... Uh, so, you've heard about Pokémon Tournament? No, I haven't. Uh, Pokémon Tournament is a Pokémon fighting game made by the developers of Tekken. Okay. Um, so, it's pretty much like... Uh, it's They've come out and said it's not like Tekken. But it's it's a fighting game in the style of like Tekken, but with Pokémon. You can play as like Pikachu and Charizard and like a couple other different like really... Like crazy characters, um, <laughs> it's so weird. But so that is coming out. I, I believe it's already out in Japan. Obviously, um, but they didn't at any point like slate an American release at all. Um, but uh, the head of Dave and Buster's came out and said that they are going to bring it here to the <laughs> West. So when that comes, we're going to go to Dave and Buster's, and so you can get your ass kicked by all the little Japanese kids. Yeah. Yeah, but it'll be fun because it'll be Pokemon. And I'll be able to play as Pikachu, and you'll be able to just like kick all sorts of ass for maybe about five minutes until you lose. It just seems really interesting because it's one of those things they never talked about bringing over here to the West. It is kind of a weird concept, and it's fighters just, aren't really super big. I mean, Evo just happened. Obviously, it's yeah. a big deal, but a lot of the really good fighters aren't American, right? No. So, the thing like the most we have is like Mortal Kombat and that's that's really about it. Yeah. Um, as far as like other like elite tier fighter fighting games, there, there's yeah, they're all kind of Japanese. Like Marvel versus Capcom is Street Fighter, Tekken, um, even Virtua Fighter. Yeah, but you don't see yeah, another thing is you don't see as many pros come from the US as you do from overseas yeah. usually. Um, so it's inter- like it's one of those things where I didn't know if we were going to ever be able to play this. Um, the concept of it is it's good because I like that Pokemon is something other than just the regular Pokemon games. The Pokemon yeah. games have been the same since the 90s. Yeah. They've never really changed anything Turn drastically with the formula, right? So this is something completely different. <laughs> it's just so weird. It's just it's just kind of a it's kind of bizarre. A bizarre thing to hear from you know, just kind of coming out of nowhere. Well, it's not really coming out of nowhere. I mean, they like announced it about a year ago, and there's been trailers out for it. Um, but yeah, it's one of those weird games where most normal people aren't going to see it here because it. They weren't even sure if they were. It was going to come out here. If it was going to be released in the U.S. So, I'm excited. Um, at the very least, so like you said, I can get my ass kicked by some fucking kid. Some Japanese kid with like fucked up teeth. He can't even speak English. He's just there just to 
quick just find you he's gonna kick your ass he's just waiting for me to start playing so he can go put in a quarter and be like fuck you um yeah i'm, I'm taking a look at some of the stuff right now it's just kind of it's just so just unlike pokemon i guess yeah yeah but that's that's not necessarily a bad thing i mean you think of like um uh, like the Dynasty Warriors, uh, Hyrule legend, Warriors, yeah, Hyrule Warriors, and that's a big different change from the regular Legend of Zelda formula, but it was still pretty fun. So, well, I mean, like in, in that sense, though, like it, it still kind of makes a lot more sense, though, because when you play these modern Zelda games, you, you still get the same perspective, the same you know, the same perspective over the shoulder, right, thing, right, and, and you're still hacking and slashing throughout the game. It's just that now that there's just more people on the screen to hack and slash. So in my my head, it just makes more sense. This, on the other hand, I mean, like we get the Pokemon are supposed to fight, but you know they fight by taking commands from you know their trainer, you know. So, yeah, but just to kind of have it be a straight up fighting game. It's just kind of. I mean, you can't say it doesn't look kind of badass. It looks pretty cool. I mean, like I'm pretty sure I would do horribly as I do horribly in every fighting game. But like this just seems like super. I mean, it looks super cool, but it's just it's still just kind of just super bizarre for me. And like I like how like Pikachu has like like his weird stances that he's doing like every like fighting character after they win or lose. Yeah, (laughs) they win or lose a match. It's just it's just so crazy. So I, I'm I'm pretty excited for it, um, and the fact that I'll get be able to play it and I don't have to go to Japan to play it. Um, in other news, um, so I think this is actually kind of hilarious. Um, Battlefront, you'll be able to play it first on Xbox One. The reason why I find that hilarious is because PlayStation has so like sided with Battlefront at this point. <laughs> it just kind of seems like a little. Like, little slap in the face, right? Yeah, business is business. I mean, like, I don't know, because, like, with um, Destiny, Sony pretty much just, like, controlled all the marketing for Destiny somehow. And they were able to kind of, like, neglect the fact that, oh, yeah, this is also coming out on Xbox One. And kind of, they made it look like an exclusive. Yeah, the way they the way they advertise everything, it definitely made it look like it would just be a PlayStation uh, exclusive. Yeah, um, that's not the case, of course. But um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's weird to see that, like you know, that that kind of marketing where it's like, yeah, we're going to show you all this stuff, and we're going to make sure we put PlayStation all over the place, so you think you have yeah. to have a PlayStation to get it. Um, I just think it's funny. So this will be available, I believe, like two or three days early um, if you have EA Access. Mm-hmm. Um, EA Access, um, you can get a demo, I think, for about like a month or so. Yeah. Um, or for like a couple weeks. I can definitely see a lot of people booting up like a EA Access demo just to get <laughs> in on this battlefront. I can definitely see that too. Um, so I, and I actually got EA Access earlier in the week. That way I can play uh, Battlefield 4 and Titanfall and Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare whenever I want for the next year. Covering your bases. Yep. Um, Speaking of exclusives, um, Square Enix came out and said how long the exclusivity for uh, Tomb Raider is. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're getting Tomb Raider on the Xbox One in a couple months here. Yeah. On PC, they're going to get it in spring. Yeah. 
And then for the PS4, it will be out next winter. So it's a year exclusive on the Xbox One. Hmm. Um, I find it interesting that uh, we're getting a... I I guess it kind of makes sense because... um, if Windows, uh, you know, if Windows 10 is coming out, what if they make this Tomb Raider like a Windows 10 requirement? Yeah. In which case, Microsoft still comes out on top in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, uh, I think this is a payback for the Destiny thing. I can definitely see that. <laughs> I mean, like, because, I mean, Destiny has exclusive content that still hasn't come to the Xbox One. Like, that first, uh, there was a uh, strike... Yeah, that was available with the first DLC that we haven't gotten yet on the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. But now this seems like a little bit of a strike back at that, maybe. I mean, I can definitely see that. Uh, like, it's kind of weird to see these kinds of strategies kind of pouring over in new ways. Because before, like, it was straight up just games being marketed, you know, like, you know, the exclusives were marketed as as that. Right. And I felt that third-party developers kind of had more control over, you know, what they were able to display, um, you know, just publisher-wise or, right, or right. Um, distributor-wise. And now it seems like both companies mean, like, it, like let's face it, Nintendo's kind of, like, not really much of a competitor with... Like with they, Sony and Microsoft, yeah, they don't try. They, they don't be. try and compete with Sony and Microsoft. They're definitely kind of, not in the realm of like graphics and like yeah. you know all that other stuff. But or like obtaining titles or certain things. Yeah. They're kind of just like kind they're of, like I think they're focusing in on themselves. Yeah, they're like we do our own thing, and they do their own thing great. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, most Nintendo games, they keep their like face. Like most Nintendo games, if you try and go buy them, you're still going to pay sixty dollars, even a year or maybe even two years after yeah. it's mm-hmm. come out. Um, you don't see that with really any other style of yeah. game, like any other company that makes games, really. Yeah. So, like, when these two companies who are kind of, like, now in direct competition with each other, is, like, we're seeing them more and more kind of overstep their bounds, I guess? Because now they're controlling what can be shown, in, like, in the marketing and everything else. Yeah, now, I mean, like, they're, they're definitely like, trying to push their boundaries and see what they can get away with. Yeah, because, like, right. like, straight up, because it's straight up going, like, hey, we're going to give you this amount of money if you don't show, you know, Microsoft or Sony's logo when, at, the end of this, at, uh, at the end of this trailer. Or if, if we just, can have exclusive rights for this game for X amount of time. Like, like or advertising or, rights or something like that, you know, and just kind of, like, kind of fuck everybody else over. Because, I mean, like, the people who, like, I mean, like, a majority of gamers um, now, I think, will still know what's coming out uh, on which console. But I think what they're trying to go for is maybe, like, that smaller group that doesn't pay attention to that stuff. Like, the parents who buy the stuff for their kids. Or maybe they're also trying to go for the people who haven't upgraded to a current console yet. So, if, when they're like, okay, I want to play Battlefront, and I'm seeing all this PlayStation advertising for it... I should get a PlayStation 4, right? Mm-hmm. So I can see that also being another reason why. Um, but yeah, it seems uh, I don't I don't really like this whole style of doing things. Yeah, it's it's kind of like, like sooner or later this has come to a point where it's going to revert back to normal. 
but I'm just kind of wondering how much longer that's going to take because I mean like we're seeing it now we're seeing like the start of it now yeah and sooner or later it's going to keep going and going and going yeah eventually it's going to be a little too much and I hope that you know I understand as a as a publisher as a game developer um, if a company uh, offers you a huge chunk of money to make a game exclusive for their console um, it's hard to say no yeah Hmm. Um, but at the same time, I feel like we need them to say, you know what, we need to make this available to everybody um, and kind of not get pushed around by these big companies in order to get pushed one way or the other. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it's hard to hard to do that whenever uh, these uh, big companies are waving cash in front of your face. Yeah. So. Um, Money's money. Yeah. But definitely. I'm still excited to play Tomb Raider, though. I mean, it looks... Tomb Raider... It looks great. Tomb Raider was one of the things that impressed me the most at E3 when I saw it. Yeah. And, like, I was a big fan of the first game. So, yeah, I'm just super looking forward to this new one. Yeah, and, I mean, they're adding all these new... So, one of my favorite things in uh, the Tomb Raider reboot um, was the whole uh, puzzly tomb thing. Mm -hmm. The actual tombs themselves. Uh, but there wasn't all that many of them. No, and it was kind of just relegated to side quests. Yeah. Too, so. so with this one, they're supposed to be adding uh, more in there, which yeah. makes me excited because, like I said, that was one of my favorite parts in that game. So, yeah. um, Moving on, um, the ESL, which is the Electronic Sports League, um, they're pretty much in charge of all these big uh, gaming tournaments that you see for like Counter Strike and mm-hmm. uh, you know stuff like that. So uh, one of the players in one of these teams uh, recently left and was left like a letter thing to you know everybody out in the public, and it pretty mm-hmm. much said that uh, they would like force their players to like take Adderall to help them stay awake and like stay focused and everything. So they're kind of taking a stand, and now they're going to start drug testing. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about that? I mean, every stepping away from video games, every other major sports, anything has some kind of drug testing, right? Yeah. So, do you think uh, like electronic gaming should follow suit with that? Are you like saying? Are you against this or? No, I mean, it's like so that the main issue that people have with. Uh, like steroids and in other sports, um, you know, anabolic steroids or like those uh, like bull shark testosterone yeah, shots. Yeah, any, any, any other kind of uh, any kind of like supplement performance performance enhancement answer, drug. Yeah. Like I think like what the main problem everyone had with those is that it was. It was just that it was a drug that you took that only lasted for a certain amount of time. Right. You know? So you would take it and get that unfair advantage. <clears throat> so, like, Ritalin and Adderall would do the same thing for video games. It would make you super hyper-focused, super aware, more than, you know, a regular person would be. Yeah, and especially in situations where, of course, these people are training, you know, like, every day of the week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they, there's no downtime, really. Mm-hmm. You get to sleep, but, I mean, of course, you're going to be tired from staring at a screen all day. Yeah. You're, you know, might want to do something else. But they're, they're pretty much drugging them to keep going. Yeah. So, I think, like, like that, like, the dishonesty in it is kind of what pisses people off the most. Because I've heard arguments before, like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so shouldn't get, like... Like, there was, like, something, like, where Tiger Woods had, like, his, like, uh, he had LASIK eye surgery to where now he has 20-20 vision. Um, and a lot of people were saying, oh, that's that, like, they, they were using that as an argument saying, well, you know, so-and-so did this, like, does that count as cheating? 
And in I my mean, head, if you got a bionic eye, yeah, I yeah. think that might be cheating. But for like getting your eyes corrected, you could easily just wear glasses and do the same thing. Yeah. So, and in, in my mind, it was kind of like, well, you know, one of these things is a supplement you take. The other thing is just correcting something that wasn't right in the first place. Right. Plus, also, how is uh, maybe I don't I don't understand golf at all. But I don't understand how having perfect vision is really going to help you in golf all that much. Well, you'd be able to judge the distance from where you are to the hole a lot easier, and like so. you'd be able to kind of like spot certain things. I mean, like when you're when you're trained in golf, you'd probably be able to spot like the slope right. of like the ground or something. I can see that. Like that. But um, like, you're using it as as a argument for a as while. an example as an example yeah um so like but i just think like yeah no oh. I, I definitely agree with you one of them is an actual drug something that you're taking mm-hmm. to uh perform like to enhance your performance short term yeah um something like laser eye surgery is more of a long-term is permanent health benefit yeah. kind of a thing rather than anything else um i think it's a good thing uh, i think there's probably plenty of ways to work around this i mean it just seems like uh adderall is a prescription medication right yeah. so um while it is a uh, narcotic controlled medication mm-hmm. um you can still get a prescription for it fairly easily um you really can't do that with steroids right so steroids yeah. are still illegal um whereas if you take adderall Without a prescription, technically it's illegal, but it's really easy to get a prescription for yeah. it. Um, so I can see just essentially them keeping up the same thing, but just getting a prescription from their doctor. Yep. Um, and then that brings up the question whether it's like, well, do they actually need this? Um, you know, is it necessary that they're taking this medication and all this, this other person shit? have like ADD or some other? Yeah. You know, something going on in their head that that requires, requires them to have it, right? Um, I don't know. I feel like there's a whole lot of weird well, I mean, side like, things to kind of work around this, but I mean, like the ESL is still a new thing, and like this whole like professional gaming thing is still it's still in pretty its brand new. Yeah, definitely. So, like I'm pretty sure like baseball and football and they, and they've been around for for ages now. Yeah, like and I'm pretty sure in their beginnings they had to deal with this in a certain way, and they were going. Yeah, like, and they've definitely over the years all of them have changed their rules mm-hmm. slightly, if not you know in bigger ways yeah. to kind of fit the times and anything else things that are brought up right Very much yeah so i think this is a good first step yeah um they're gonna have to figure out some for it yeah yeah um but i mean it's i think it's a good first step right Mm -hmm. um and hopefully it'll lead to them figuring something out yeah um but as of right now it makes me it makes me feel a little better because i'm like well these people play like crazy it makes sense that they're playing like crazy one because they're really good but two because they're hopped up on drugs yeah i mean like like the uh like the guys in Korea who play StarCraft professionally, like they make how many like actions per second? They make they, like twenty so actions per yeah, second. Yeah, and, and they're training. I think I've read somewhere before like twelve to fourteen hours a day. Something crazy like that. Because um, like there, there's like this Vice documentary on YouTube that I watched not too long ago um, about professional gaming and. Yeah, it's just just super insane the extent that these guys go for just for a game. Yeah, and it's not like where in sports where it's like this big physical thing, mm-hmm. right? But it is still incredibly time consuming and it's so involved. Yeah, yeah. Um, way more than you think. Yeah. You're, you usually when I think of like pro gamers, it's like oh, it's just people who are pretty good at Call of Duty, right? Yeah, like, and like do drop shots and quick scopes and stuff like that. But it's not even close to that. No, because like like I remember. 
like thinking like during you know Call of Duty Four and Battlefield Bad Company, you know, thinking like, oh, you know, we're all pretty good, you know, as as a team, and yeah. we were going like we have like the best KDs on our team, we have the best you know scores on our team, and we and we're going like it was, and then when you actually see people play these games professionally you're like, like i'm not even i'm close. nowhere near this yeah like they are doing so many things that it's just I, impossible I, I did the same thing watching some of these uh that evo coverage from uh last week i'm like you know i'm pretty good at mortal Kombat, i guess I and mean, yeah i'm not like great or anything yeah. but i'm like i do okay and then i look at some of these people like play that or like play street fighter and i'm just like nope not even close. No, nope. I don't even want to try. It just makes me feel bad just watching it. Yeah. So yeah, like um, the, them drug testing as as you said is the first good step. Um, there's gonna be a lot more hurdles more than likely down the line. Is like because th- this is like a whole growing thing, you know. Right. Um, so. And it's one of those things. I'm sure whenever they started this, I'm and this just came up, right? So this they just this guy just came out and said this. And it just was brought to everyone's eyes right now. Yeah. Think of how long gaming's been professionally done. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of been a while since we discovered that you can even take drugs to enhance your performance yeah. in this in this style or in this. Like, I'm pretty know, sure a lot of people just didn't think it was even possible in the first yeah. place. You know, so um, yeah, long road ahead, but I think this is a good first step to making. Yep. Uh, you know, pro gaming an actual thing. Yeah. If anything, they'll probably be able to learn from like uh, physical sports leagues and just kind of just take all the lessons that they learned, all the rules they implemented and see what fits for, for them and what doesn't fit. Right. Um, speaking of, we're speaking of Evo and tournaments, um, at Evo, they announced the Street Fighter V, uh, their DLC plan for it. Mm-hmm. So in the past, um, pretty much every Street Fighter game has had a Street Fighter uh, vanilla, and then they've had like a Super Street Fighter. Yeah. Then they've had like a Super Ultra Street Fighter. Then they've had like a <laughs> Street Fighter Arcade. And they had like, you know, like all these different versions yeah. of the same game come out. And whenever they release these versions, um, let's say if I was playing the original uh, Street Fighter and you got one of the newer versions, we couldn't play together. Yeah. Um, so their plans for DLC with this new one is to not have any kind of second disc. No kind of like Super Street Fighter. Uh, what they're going to do, they're just going to release uh, DLC and they're going to release uh, patch updates to mm-hmm. keep you know characters balanced. Um, with that, they also announced how they're going to release these DLC characters. So, one, you'll be able to buy them with real money, yeah. which is, you know, normal. Or you'll be able to buy them with fight money, which is uh, <laughs> the in-game currency that you kind of earn through playing Street Fighter. Uh-huh. Um, there's no kind of details about how much each or each character is worth or, you know, how long it takes to, like, grind this, like, yeah. fight money. Um I think people's growing concerns is will only like the crazy crazy players who play all the time be able to unlock characters for free? Yeah. Or will it be a little more balanced? I think that's what people are most afraid of right now. Um and we don't know like what the conversion for the real life money to their real life money equivalent in game, which is called Zenny, I believe. Yeah. Um, there, there hasn't I been like any fight kind of money better. Let's they haven't. Fight money. Yeah, they haven't announced any kind of details on this stuff. Um, they've just kind of announced their plans for it. Um, I wonder how long it takes for them to abandon this whole idea and just stick with just actual currency. 
Uh, it's it's interesting. It just makes me wonder like how they're going to make it work because one, you don't want to cheapen your characters, right? Yeah. You don't want to make them like cheap and easy to get for everybody to play them. But at the same time, you can't make them like impossibly grindable. Yeah, right. Um, so it's it's something. I, I'm not too sure how to feel about it. It's not something I guess I'll really have to deal with, about with yeah. because I probably won't get a PS4. Definitely not to get Street Fighter. Yeah. Um, so it's probably not something I'm really going to play or worry about all too much. But um, I think it's a it's a good good start because I think this whole idea of um, releasing different games and alienating your player base mm-hmm. uh, is is kind of messed up because you let's say you you have seventy um, percent of the people buy Street Fighter regular Street Fighter. Um, when you announce a new disc, maybe 30% of those people are going to want to go buy the new disc. Yeah. And then every iteration, there's going to be less and less. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it seems like a bad formula, a bad way to go about things, right? Especially because, yeah. imagine if with like Destiny, buy Destiny, uh, $60, and then... Their uh, sequel comes out. Exactly, where they're like, you can only buy this DLC and play with your friends if you buy this one. Yeah. Um, so I think they're kind of... They're trying something different. Um, we'll see how it works out for them, I guess. Yeah. I mean, like, I think this would just work better. If, if anything, they can just do, like, one disc with, you know, like, regular mode, super mode, super ultra mode, arcade mode, whatever. Because, I mean, that's been done in the past before. Right, right. They, um, and I, I've seen it done in the past, like, Marvel vs. Capcom games. They would have, uh, like, just the regular version. They'd have arcade version, granted. But, you know, don't see why they can't, like, Modern technology probably cram one more mode into it. Right, I can see them doing something along the lines of uh, so we have uh, Street Fighter come out and all the DLCs come out, and then a year from now they have like a Game of the Year Street mm-hmm. Fighter, like uh, Ultimate Street Fighter Edition that comes with all the characters. Yeah, I think that's the only other way to do it where it's not where they're still releasing other discs, so you can buy everything all at once, but yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I guess we'll see how that works out for them. I think it's a good uh, good start. Yeah. Um, it's it's good because it won't, like I said, alienate player bases where you'll be able to buy the game, uh, maybe stop playing it for like six months, and then just jump right back in six months and still be able to play with your friends as opposed to having to go buy a completely new game in six months yeah. because there's new characters on there. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, most people aren't. So I think they've kind of realized that and realized that they can. Uh, Same thing happened with Marvel vs. Capcom Three, didn't it? Yeah. So Marvel vs. Capcom Three uh, originally came out, and then they released Ultimate Mar- uh, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom Three with K- that came with a number of new characters and bug fixes, but you couldn't play. Uh, if you had bought Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom Three and I had Marvel vs. Capcom Three, we couldn't play together. Yeah. So. I guess they're learning their lesson from Capcom's yeah. kind of learning their lesson, or they're at least able to modify. They're willing to modify all their stuff around. So yeah, yay, yeah. So that's uh, that's it. And gaming news. There really wasn't too much to talk about no. this week. Um, I think everyone's kind of waiting for Gamescom. This mm-hmm. is in a couple weeks here for any new news. And this is the next batch of re- uh, probably like releases and stuff's going to come out. Yeah, I mean the only other thing uh, QuakeCon was. Uh, They've been kind of, it was this weekend, started a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of showed some new Fallout stuff. Um, the only thing in Fallout worth mentioning that they talked about is you'll have up to 13 companions. 
Yeah. And um, that includes uh, dog meat and the Mr. Handy robot uh, Cogsworth that you see in the nice. original trailer. Um, other than that, all the other ones are human characters or human-esque characters. You know, they're, you might have like Fox like you had in uh, Fallout 3 where he was a super mutant mm-hmm. or something along those lines. Um, but apparently you'll be able to romance any of the characters other than the dog and the robot. <laughs> uh, free of gender. So it doesn't matter if you're a dude and they're a dude or anything like that. <laughs> I love it. That you will be able to romance whoever you want. And I think everybody, like, they hadn't announced. They said you could romance anybody, but they hadn't excluded the robot at some point. So everybody <laughs> was like, I hope we can seduce the robot. I want to seduce a death claw. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know if that would I'd work. Do, that'd be like the ultimate challenge. I wanted. I wanted. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you'd want to seduce it. I could use it as a pet. Yeah, I could see you trying to tame it. Oh, can we tame animals in this? That'd be so cool. I would tame a death claw, and I would ride a death claw into battle. Mm. That would be pretty badass. Yeah, I'd be okay with. All that. the raiders would quake in my quake in my thunder. The only other thing. Um, they announced that uh, the Fallout Shelter will be released in three weeks on Android. Yeah, I'm looking forward. Um, so the week of August 10th, I believe. I don't know exactly um, what day. Um, I can't think off the top of my head what it is, but it is coming in three weeks. I've been clearing off like apps I don't use anymore, just, just so just so I have it. like enough space on it so I can fucking play that game. Been looking forward to it for a while. I just hope they have. Um, some kind of cloud feature, like cloud saves, um, so I can play on the go on my phone, yeah. come home, play on my tablet or something. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's going to work the same way like Supercell stuff has worked, you know, like Boom Beach yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and uh, Clash of Clans. So uh, I'm, I can't imagine it working any other way than that. So, yeah. um, Another thing regarding that, uh, they talked about... Uh, that this whole making apps for their games isn't something that they're planning on doing. Yeah. Um, like, you know, for every game. So they're like, yeah, just because we're having a Doom game doesn't mean there's going to be a Doom, Doom app. like app or something. Yeah. They're like, if it fits, we'll make it. But if it doesn't, you know, we're not going to make it. They're like, with Fallout Shelter, they had that in mind for a while. I think and it just, just seemed to make a really good fit. Yeah. I, that's what I was going to say. Like, I think it's just a really cool fit. It's a really cool thing that they're adding on. I'm pretty... It, it's it's really cool. I, it, it's just really creative of them, and it makes me happy to to know that they're not just going to be like, oh, well, this was super popular, so let's make one for every single game yeah. that we put out. Because then we're going to have a Dishonored one, and an Elder Scrolls one, and a Doom one, and yeah. you know, way too many apps, and it'll just get very convoluted. And I think that's the point where you have a chance of things falling into that uh, free to play yeah. garbage, right? The premium, the premium games that yeah, like. like and like this one's so much cooler in my opinion because like it doesn't require you to spend money either. Doesn't require you to spend money. You don't need to be online to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think gamers really appreciated hearing that, right? Yeah. Where it's like most other games, it's like yeah, it, pretty much to play you're gonna have to pay. Yeah. Because um, like every other like freemium game, you end up having to pay sooner or later just to keep up with everyone else around you right. in the game. Because a lot of these games are multi- are like massively you know, multiplayer right. games, like Boom Beaches, Clash of Clans is, and uh, in order to you know not get your shit kicked in on a daily basis, you have to spend money to to actually upgrade your stuff, your defenses and whatever. Right, right. So after a while, you know, because like sooner or later, you can only take getting your ass kicked so many before times. Before you're kind of just frustrated, and you're, you're like frustrated. either quit or dump money into it. Yeah. Hmm. 
So, you know, uh, the fact that they're, you know, not making money a requirement is is such a good thing. It's such a cool thing. But even without making money a requirement, they made uh, a shitload of money in two weeks yeah. of this thing releasing, which means uh, I think hopefully this shows other app makers you don't need to have, like, this uh, freemium style of game to yeah. make money. Um because their game is very good, it requires no payments, but people are still dumping money into it. Uh, probably because they feel safe, yeah. right? Because they feel safe that they're not going to try and get robbed somewhere along the line. Um, so, yeah, that's it in gaming news. This is kind of stuff I remembered from QuakeCon the yeah. last couple of days. Um, did you want to take a break? No, I'm good. All right, let's keep going right into movies then. Joey, go ahead and lead us off here. Okay, so to start off, um, there's a couple of interesting movie trailers and some movie developments that happened uh, just last week. Um, first, we got our feature uh, trailer for The Good Dinosaur, the latest Pixar properties um, set to be released. Um, yeah, so we there was a small trailer. There's been like a, a teaser, teaser trailer. trailer that was announced or that was released a while ago where it just pretty much showed that dinosaur mm-hmm. and I believe it might have shown the kid and maybe yeah. a couple other of the like background dinosaurs, but that's about it. Yeah. Where you had absolutely no idea what yeah. was going on. All they really gave you was the premise saying that the asteroid that hit the earth that killed all the dinosaurs didn't happen and you know they just kind of like showed like the funny little part where like it zooms past in the sky and all the dinosaurs stop eating their food and, and they, they kind of look and then they just go, they go back, back to eating to their eating food yeah so and that was for that was pretty much about it for the um, for the teaser trailer now that we got a theatrical trailer um it's it still looks really cool it looks really interesting um but as far as like plot wise goes has no we have no idea what's going on with it all we know is that there's some human kid who's and has like nice some bond. to a dinosaur yeah, like he's having a bond with this you know funky looking dinosaur um and we just kind of assume that they go on some kind of journey together and they encounter all these other dinosaurs but we have no idea really what it is yeah we have no idea if there's an overall story i think this is um one of those things where um it's it's really taking something that we said a couple weeks ago where we have these trailers that pretty much give away the entire plot yeah you know in the movie or in the trailer um this is really the opposite of that. Yeah. Because we really have no idea what's going like, on so far. This is this is such a good trailer that it's just like it, it got me excited for this movie and without, you know, giving too much away. And I'm just I'm like I'm actually really looking forward to this one because I heard Inside Out was really good. I didn't have a chance to go see it yet. Probably not gonna be able to see it until it comes out on Netflix or something. Yeah. And um, so, but this one just looks—it looks really cool. I'm pretty excited for it. And yeah, I mean, uh, I'm a huge fan of dinosaurs. I fucking love dinosaurs. <laughs> I've been excited for this movie even before the teaser. But watching uh, all these like stylized dinosaurs in the actual trailer and everything got me pretty excited. Yeah, it looks great. Like, yeah. like everything looks really good. Like they kind of keep true to that whole like. No, no. I guess like the best way to say it is like the Jurassic Park look of all the dinosaurs, yeah. while still making them look really cartoony and really kid friendly yeah. and stuff. So, looks good. I'm pretty excited for it, uh, and pretty excited to see what it's going to be about. Yeah, but, um, but we won't find out until uh, I think it comes out Thanksgiving. Yeah, I think that's the release uh, date for that. But yeah, it looks uh, it looks nice, and I have no idea what's going on, which yeah. makes me okay with that. Yeah. So to do a complete 180. From super happy fun time with dinosaurs, we're going into the, this trailer for the new Alejandro and Yuritu's movie, The Revenant. 
super crazy, super violent, super violent Leonardo DiCaprio movie with the beard and everything with Tom Hardy in it as well. Like essentially what this movie is based, it's based on like a, a, a colonial explorer or something like that. And he's uh, exploring the, uh, the Americas. Um, and essentially it's just like his survival in like a new environment against um, the Native American tribes, who are essentially just you know at this point just defending their land and bears. Is it and bears? There, that, there's a sequence in this trailer where he's attacked by a bear, and it's super intense to where it's like you literally like, they give you just enough of it to go like, is that a real bear? Yeah. And it's Leonardo DiCaprio about to get attacked by a real bear, and so you know it's it looks great. And uh, Inuritu uh, won best director last year at the Academy Awards and his uh, film that he directed Birdman won Best Picture um, as well so you know he's coming off of you know a lot of hype right now so I think he's kind of taking this as free reign to kind of do something else that's super intense and crazy because so so this movie we can expect it to be a one shot movie right well like, <laughs> I'm not just like maybe who knows because like imagine how insane that would be because there's so many like you know scene changes like it starts off mm-hmm. uh, in what I described as a very Skyrim-y setting yeah. there's like mountains and like lots of snow and then like some trees some fur covered beardy guy just mm-hmm. Kind of like from the side, um, but then it switches over to like a forest. Yeah. Then they're going down a river at some point. And there's mud at some other point. Then there right? are horses and yeah. So it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a little. I, I really don't think he's gonna do a one shot on this. I don't of course, think so but but it looks it looks visually stunning. Visually, it looks fantastic, and I'm just kind of wondering what crazy style he's gonna bring to it this time because all of his movies are. Kind of, they like they're, they stand they're out in, in, in one way or another. Yeah, like they're they're very different, and he pulls for something different every time. Yeah, I mean, granted though, when Babel came out, it came out just like a few years after Crash, and it just felt like a bigger version of Crash, which in and of itself wasn't that good of a movie at all, anyway. Um, like ever a good movie, right? But um, like this, like like I liked Birdman. I didn't like it. It was my favorite movie of last year, but I liked it. Um. It's just it's just so super crazy, just like like the the stuff he's able to pull off, and I'm just I'm excited for his next movie. So I'm looking forward to it. it looks super cool, and this is another one of them Oscar contender movies that's about that's going to come out. Yeah, definitely. And um, you know I'm looking forward to seeing it on Christmas Day because is that when it's coming out? I think so. Okay, it's so. coming out Christmas Day because like I mean like after you open your presents on Christmas, there ain't much to do other than hang out with the family that annoys you all day. Go to Denny's. And then go to the movies. <laughs> it's like, no, nah, not Denny's. I'm just going to go to the movies. But so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And this kind of looks like I'm thinking that this is the movie that's going to get Leonardo DiCaprio his Oscar. I kind of felt that way about Wolf of Wall Street. But then, you know, all the other performances that were coming out with, like, yeah. you know, uh, that came out at the same time. Kind of was like, well, man, he's not going to win this year either. So, you know, this one seems like it's, it's going to be his best chance at winning yeah. an and it looks like i said it looks great um it's one of those things he he's just such a great actor he's he's a really good actor i felt that he should have been nominated and won best supporting actor for django unchained right because there's this one particular scene where he discovers um spoiler alert i guess you know assholes who haven't seen django yet um go watch it. it's on netflix like you have no excuse once it's on netflix and you haven't watched it it's on Netflix instant streaming. Come it, on. It, it's kind of like you can't 
Um, it's ridiculous. So, uh, like, there, there's a scene in Django Unchained where he discovers uh, that, you know, uh, Christoph Waltz and Jamie Foxx are not the people who they say they are and that they're really there to get, um, you know, uh, Django's wife back. And, like, he does this super, like, this, like, super intense monologue and just, like, just, just brings the entire theater to like just like a hush yeah the, the like and it's just super intense just the like um, one of the best performances he's ever done on film ever um in that one moment and like like apparently like uh there, there's like a, a part in the movie where he like he cr- he crushes a glass like a real yeah, glass yeah. it's the scene where they first arrive at mm-hmm. um they and first arrive to talk to him yeah and he like smashes a glass or something like i heard that he completely like actually cut his hand but just kept going yeah he had like and a then, huge gash and he required like 10 stitches in his hand or some crazy thing but he just kept going and during, even that even scene. in that movie, even in that scene um, where he puts his bloody hand all over that girl's face, mm-hmm. that was improvised. Um, yeah, and you can like see this disgust, like of actual, like there's blood on my face. Holy shit! Kind yeah. of a look on her face. But I'm just—it's so surprising to me when shit like that happens, where you can be. Uh, so like in tuned where you're just like smash and you don't break character yeah. you're just like just fuck it just so in the moment he's just he's just so good like I think he's kind of like the he's kind of like taking over that spot that Al Pacino and Robert De Niro uh, left open as like they're the greatest American actors that we yeah. have in our generation he's like one of the best actors alive at the moment I would with, without a doubt without I, would, a doubt. I would agree with you so like you know fantastic I'm really looking forward to this movie and uh, in Ritu just kind of, it's kind of really good to see you know uh, you know I guess like a Mexican director kind of really you know hitting it big at least you know acclaim wise and just you know kind of showing off like all the crazy shit he's in like he's able right. to pull off because like like Mexican cinema and American cinema are very different from each right, other right despite being so close to each other and uh, to kind of see him bring a lot of stuff from Mexican cinema into the United States is so cool yeah really yeah, like yeah. The, the aspects that um, we would appreciate here and leave them behind the aspects that we probably the, yeah. the very tropey aspects yeah. of, of Mexican cinema, yeah. cinema behind yeah kind of merging so, those two worlds yeah so like you know because like they, they're like super into like 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 uh, magical realism and stuff, and they kind of brought that with Birdman yeah. a little bit. Um, so you know, once again, like I'm really super excited. I've been kind of like I'm kind of was looking forward to like what he was going to do next, and the fact that it's so close to uh, you know kind of like quenches my thirst for like another movie of his. So really looking forward to it. Um, next up on the list, a uh, big action blockbuster, one of my favorite series, and been. Uh, yeah, just been looking forward to this one too for a while. And also speaking of Christoph Waltz, since the last one, since really, the last one, last yeah. one was so good. Yeah. So Sam Mendes is directing uh, Spectre, the newest James Bond movie. Uh, if you don't do not know who Sam Mendes is, Sam Mendes is the director of uh, American Beauty, which he won Best Director and won Best Picture for. Um, and he also directed the last uh, Bond movie, uh, Skyfall, which was like one of the best Bond movies to date. It's and it really had good. that that amazing Adele song at the beginning of hey, it. Hey, Skyfall. I admit that Adele song was actually <laughs> really good. I have to admit that Adele song was really good. Um, and you know he's directed like Road to Perdition and, and uh, you know a couple other flicks as well. Um, 
he uh, so he he's he's a very talented director, very good director. Um, but unfortunately, this is gonna be his last movie. This is his last Bond movie. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I read about that, and this is uh, it's kind of sad, really. I mean, they're not gonna stop making Bond movies no. ever. But I mean, he just has proved himself as a director in the series that just. It creates that level of Bond action that you just mm-hmm. love, right? Yeah. Um, and really using everything that we can as far as effects now to make it even bigger and grander than like mm-hmm. these older Bond films did. Exactly. Um, so it, it's kind of sad that he's not going to be directing yeah. anymore. Yeah, I, um, I remember like the original idea was to have uh, Spectre and the next one both be directed by Sam Mendes and that it was they're going to be like a, it was going to be like a two-parter right um, but he kind of said no I don't really want to do that and he wants to explore other avenues uh, which and, isn't a bad thing I, I'd be glad to see what else he can do yeah mm-hmm. um, especially with kind of it's kind of like this is like a revitalizing of his career it's kind of been he's been like I wouldn't say on the downslope but he's been just kind of like playing it slow and kind of playing uh, it low safe. key yeah. um, for a while as far as directors go not doing anything that's going to really bring all that much attention yeah. to him he's, he's kind of he's kind of an auteur director more than anything at the moment he's kind of just taking projects that he wants to take and I really admire when filmmakers do that yeah um, so uh, I'm and also, you know, I, I want to see other directors take on um, a, a Bond film and see who else they they want to get in, um, get in on this. Uh, and and also, the movie looks fantastic. The, the trailer looks great. Um, it's it's very uh, looks like it's kind of taking on a bit of a thriller aspect more than anything. Yeah, um, I, I love the the whole you know Mexico. They 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 did like a Day of the Dead thing yeah. while they were there. Um, it wasn't filmed during the actual Day of the Dead. I yeah. remember there being like a big deal about. Like Mexico looks all Day of the Dead, but it's like not close to yeah. the Day of the Dead because they were filming that movie, and yeah. I, I like that whole little sequence. I've always loved the different like settings in those movies. Yeah. So you'll you're uh, you go from what is supposed to be this Mexican town to what looks more so like a London or some kind of European yeah. uh, oh. river town, right? Yeah. Um, like. And then up like, in the hills, yeah, up in, in like in the, the mountains, yeah. covered in snow and everything, and yeah, so it, it looks fantastic. Christoph Waltz is going to be playing uh, the villain in this movie, um, you know, and I mean, like Christoph Waltz is kind of like he's the perfect villain. He's the perfect villain for this movie. I mean, like anyone who says he isn't is stupid, and uh, um, like and the fact that he's just like he just has like this menacing voice and just like the way he plays villains like just kind of like it's just very like arrogant and, and just like ha 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 yeah like like they, he knows he's like several steps ahead of everybody else and he knows that he can crush them whenever he wants and i like and he just plays that so well he plays I, it even, so maniacally even yeah well. even even if he did the same thing he did in inglorious bastards mm-hmm. i would be perfectly fine with that cuz it was just so perfect yeah. and like just like Hans Landa is like one of the best villains in a movie. Ever. Just it's just so he's just so arrogant and confident in himself, and just it just like exudes yeah. when he's acting those yeah. characters. I kind of predict like, I kind of predict he's going to get probably an Oscar nomination from this movie. Um, you know, it's it's not really out like out of nowhere where like you know big franchise films kind of get some Oscar nods for you know actors every once in a while. I think that he's going to get. An Oscar nomination from this, and he might even win it. He, like he's he's like he's won two Academy Awards for Best Supporting Actor already. So you know, uh, once again, just really looking forward to 
um, to the new James Bond film. The only thing that makes me upset about this is the fact that we haven't had a good James Bond game in a very long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, can, I can't remember the last Bond game I ever played. Um, well, of course, the, maybe game, like on the GameCube, maybe GoldenEye. You that's you know your classic N sixty four one. Um, they had a like GoldenEye, like the, like a reboot kind of a thing, like that Rogue they, Agent or something yeah, yeah. like that, where you played like a person who was trying to kill James Bond. Yeah, he had like a bionic eye. That was kind of cool. The ending um, was stupid in that though, yeah, because you just kick him into a missile silo and then that's it. There's no grand finale. There's yeah. no, you know, like you just killed James Bond. You kind of need to kind of have this be a big moment, big send off. Yeah, I think what they need to do is they even if they just copy the plot of like let's say this movie or any of the mm-hmm. movies really and make that into a story mode, whatever. Um, but you need to have like this amazing multiplayer. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, um, the last multiplayer I can think of is for um, God. It was for some. Um, I think it might have been for the GameCube or something. But it was weird. It was like a top-down multiplayer. Yeah. So your characters, you, you see a top-down. They're kind of like running around and stuff. Um, I don't know. I feel like you need something. Something fun. Something not Call of yeah. Duty, but still a great multiplayer. I think, like, I'm like, kind of thinking about it. I think with, like, James Bond games, we've kind of had, like, really good James Bond games in the Splinter Cell series. Because when you really think about it, like, that's kind of James Bondy yeah. in a way, you know, that has all the, the gadgets and the technology. And then, like, James Bond, when you think of James Bond, you think of stealth and then you think of big firefights. And, yeah. like, Splinter Cell has both of those. Because if you fuck up in, like, the, like, dear, like, during your stealth missions, you can, you know, go loud Go loud and then just, like, have a big firefight. So I think, like, if they were to do another one, they'd have to take a lot of plays from. From uh, I'd be okay with that. Splinter I just want a really good James Bond game because I fucking love that fucking yeah. series so much. It's so, it's so good. So okay. So moving on from the Let's new trailers, uh, we have some interesting movie news and development, like uh, movies that are in development have been announced into development. Um, the first one being the Minecraft movie. So you had Minecon happen uh, not too long ago. Um. And they announced a couple things here and there, but um, they announced a director for this movie. Yeah, and I You'll think you never it's, guess who it is. <laughs> it's so weird. It's Mac. It's Mac, Mac from Mac from It's Always Philadelphia. It's it's so strange and so weird, but like I have the utmost confidence that they can bring like the best sense of humor into this movie. I think they can do so much, and if they follow suit with the Lego Movie, I just watched the Lego Movie this last week actually for the first mm-hmm. time, and it was so wonderfully amazing. So I remember seeing the trailers and thinking like, okay, this is like some CG movie, mm-hmm. but it just it the way everything moves and just it looks the way all stop motion and yeah, everything. exactly the way everything moves is just perfect. And if mm-hmm. they did something like that with Minecraft where they um, maybe like you know bring a like movie rendered version of it but like still did like you know the same little like mining aspects of it or like the crafting aspects where they're putting down like two rocks and a stick and then it turns into a sword Um, as long as they keep that same kind of like feel of Minecraft, I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. Um, I'm just really blown away by this whole director thing. Yeah, I know. It's just... But, like, uh, like 
I'm not. I'm pretty sure he hasn't really directed much outside of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So I'm kind of like really excited to see what he's able to do with a feature length film under his belt. Yeah. And I'm kind of hoping that maybe this kind of translates into more work coming from these guys outside of just Always Sunny, because Always Sunny is going to end sooner or later. Right. I mean, it's a great show. It's hilarious. It's just over the top and like has like like all the characters in it are like the worst people in the world. But it's just so funny that you just can't help but watch. Yeah. And uh, so, like, I'm kind of excited to see, like, um, like what they take on after Always Sunny, in a way. Because, like, uh, the guy who plays Dennis, like, not, I'm pretty sure not a lot of people know about this, but I'm pretty sure anyone who really listens to this kind of knows about it. That he was, like, second in line to play Star-Lord in right. Guardians of the Galaxy. may seem like a weird choice, but hell, Mac right now seems like a weird choice to direct this movie. But, you know, I'm still excited for it either way. Yeah. Um, I'm just, like, the fact that he doesn't have a lot of uh, directing credits under his name, mm-hmm. other than maybe, like, a couple episodes of It's Always Sunny, um, has me a little concerned. Uh, but I know there's going to be plenty of producers and, you know, other people on yeah. this project that are going to, like, you know, push it in the right direction, you know, as needed. So... Yeah, really, really weird news, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so, like, if you would have asked me who would direct the Minecraft movie, I don't even think I would have even thought of... Yeah. I wouldn't even have known a way they were able to make Minecraft into a movie. But, you know, I felt the same way about Legos. Yeah, that's true. So, we'll see. Yeah. Um, so, moving on from that strange movie news... Um, to more strange movie news. More strange movie news. The arcade classic... Rampage is being made into a movie by the same group of people who brought us San Andreas. So if they can make a movie about the destruction of California, I'm pretty sure they can make a good movie about a giant lizard, giant wolf, and giant ape running amok and destroying an entire city. Yeah. Um, Pretty much, I can see this being a Godzilla-esque movie. Yeah. I mean, most of the Rampage game did take a lot of, in my opinion, inspiration from like Rampage, or not from Rampage, from like King Kong and Godzilla and you know, Pacific these, Rim, probably. Yeah, well, uh, the game came out before Pacific Rim. But, well, I mean, like, for movie wise, I guess. Right, right, movie wise. But I'm talking like game wise. They got the inspiration mm-hmm. from those big monsters destroying cities, right? Yeah. So um, now we're seeing the inspiration of something turn into a game, and now that game turned into a movie. Yeah. So now it's full circle. Yeah. Right? Um, so this is set to come out in 2017. Um, director uh, Brad Payton. Uh, let's see what he what he's known for. Um, so he directed San Andreas. He directed the sequel to uh, Journey. Um, remember that Brandon Fraser movie, Journey to Mysterious Island or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like he directed the sequel that also had The Rock in it. Um, and... Apparently, he's also set to direct Lobo. Um, anyone who doesn't know, like, is that the same Lobo? No, it's not. Okay, never mind. But yeah, he's um, he's kind of had a bit of an interesting career, like Cats and Dogs, The Revenge of Kitty just, Galore. Just a random, random little. Yeah, like a tale of like bad luck, tale of bad luck, um, Beyond the Fields, uh, Ted, not not the Ted we know now, but like a different Ted that came out in 2001. Um, so he's kind of like doesn't have that much, I guess like anything notable under his belt, um, other than San Andreas. Uh, but I'm just kind of excited to see Rampage made into a movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's um, 
It's interesting. It's one of those games that kind of fell off the face of the earth, but everyone kind of remembers fondly. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it draws so much inspiration from these big monster destroying cities yeah. movies. Um, we know really what to expect. Mm-hmm. Now it just depends: are they going to make this more serious, like they did uh, with San Andreas, or are they going to make it a little more? I, th- I think they're playfully gonna to, jokey. I and, think they're going to have to go a comedy route with this movie, in my opinion, because like when you think about it, the only thing I have a problem with that is um, you had Pixels come out this week, and you saw the reviews come out for that. Yeah, it's been and like, it, some mixed reviews more skewing towards the negatives, right? So I can see it if they try and make it funny and, you know, lighthearted. Um, it's going to end up in that same realm, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, but if they make it more serious, then who knows? Maybe we just have a giant action film that nobody really knew was a movie. Yeah. Or a game, game. sorry. I mean, like I can, I can definitely see that being the case. Um, I kind of think that they're going to have to go more of a... The comedy route with it because it's you know like three people it's three people who are like these giant monsters you yeah know? and they they essentially have some kind of thing happen they, to like, them. drink something or something happens something happens to them something they stupid. turn into monsters because when you died in those games you just shrunk down and became this little naked person that walked mm-hmm. off the side that of ran the away right yeah so you know it's um it's you know so I, so I'm thinking uh, rampage extended uh, cinematic universe um, and they're gonna have origin stories for each of these characters and then they're gonna make a Avenger style care movie where they all come together and they have to fight some other mm-hmm. thing coming out uh, I don't know when it's gonna come out but it's gonna come out it's gonna be great when they do all this stuff yeah ridiculous so, yeah. So to uh, to move on to even weirder movie news, um, so I'm pretty sure, like okay, so everyone like has a phone, everyone texts, and I'm pretty sure like I haven't done it all that much because I just don't know how to. I'm not gonna figure out how to put emojis on my phone, but. There's, emojis. There's there's an emoji movie supposedly in development. Like there was a bidding war. Yeah. So Sony bought the rights. Right? Was it Sony? Yeah. Sony, Sony bought the rights to make an emoji movie. Yeah. Anthony Leonidas is supposed to be writing the movie and directing. Um, I don't understand this. It, I don't. I don't get it. I think. Um, I think the way Sony sees it is. Um, the Lego movie uh, was vastly popular, way more popular than they thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, there's no story here, but they made one. So they were like, well, we can copy that same success, but with emojis. I don't know if that's going to work. Yeah. I mean, like, so, like, like these movie news, I mean, like, some of them are kind of exciting. Like, Minecraft and Rampage are pretty exciting. Um, just because I, I I can see a story being and actually being developed for these things and, and like a, some semblance of a movie being made for these, but an emoji movie on the other hand, I don't understand how the hell this is even going to work or what they're going to even do with it. Are, they, are the emojis going to be characters themselves? Is it going to be about the development of the emojis and like the, the drama whole, that takes place behind that? Is the whole thing going to be? There's going to be no dialogue. It's just all going to be emojis, and you have to read out the <laughs> dialogue just, with emojis. The, the entire screen is just. 
can be a text message conversation using emojis over and over again. They're the bad guy, he he just does gun bang bang emoji, <laughs> and then the good guys are sad face emoji or concerned emoji, and then they somehow I, don't, I just don't, I just do not understand how this is gonna work. So I guess like. Because like that's that's about it for like any other like movie. Like there's like nothing really else to really report on it other than the fact that you know uh, you know that Sony other than the fact that there was a bidding war for it, which means that there's more than one company that wanted to make an emoji movie. So so that should be a concern too, where people are just like, we can do anything and make it into a movie, and we're going to make our money back because fuck you consumers, like. I mean, for you know what, we could get. Compl- what if the emoji movie is like the best movie of the year when it comes out? Yeah, we could be completely wrong. I just do not see how they could possibly make this into anything viable. Yeah, I just, I just don't get it. I mean, with the Lego movie, yeah, there's no story to Legos or anything, but they have so many. Like, so much past that they can dig into. So much, like, you know, worlds that have been built in Lego where they can visit and stuff like that. With emojis, it's just... It's just, like, smiley faces and tacos and... Giant piles of poop. Yeah. Like it's just it's just so strange and so... Kind of unnecessary. I mean, like... I... Okay, so like pretty much like the main the other point I wanted to bring up was since there since they bought since Sony bought the emojis movie like rights let's just think of other insane you know properties to pitch to other movie companies so we expect our cut right so we want our cut this is this is this is our you know make money fast scheme that we're this is our get rich quick scheme that we want and uh, we're just gonna start pitching movies for these stupid insane properties off the top of our head so my recommendation um smartphone the movie Okay, what's what's Um, the pitch? The story of a smartphone being born, and then the at the break, like at the climax of the movie, the phone gets dropped and it shatters. The screen shatters. No, but then even even with the screen shattered, it still pulls through (laughs) and functions and helps the uh, owner get from where they are to the nearest <laughs> McDonald's because they really want a McFlurry. McDonald's product placement, they're going to pay for the movie. So is this going to um, be live action or is this going to be animated? Uh, live action, for live sure. Action. Live action. <laughs> and they're going to, like, we're going to have Android make a specific uh, hardware for the phone where it gets dropped, it becomes sad, and at some point, like, the person who has the phone, they drop and they're like, they like, the phone looks really, really sad, and then the other person's like, eh, sucks. And they just <laughs> put it back in their pocket like whatever. <laughs> Should have bought an OtterBox, bro. Yep. Okay, so I have, a, I have an idea. Colgate the movie. Brushing its way <laughs> to your heart. <laughs> so this is a like romantic love story drama. No, 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 no. no see, because what this is, this is well, this is an animated movie about sentient toothbrushes. Okay. Right. And now it's like at one point there's like you know it's kind of like Toy Story but with toothbrushes. So, so there is humans in this world. They're there not the humans. humans. They're not the humans. Okay. So they're just toothbrushes, and then the people move and they forget their toothbrushes, or even and then the sequel after that. Is like the kid goes on a camping trip, forgets his toothbrush. Toothbrush finds his way to the camping trip. Mm. Done. Write me my check. Okay, so 
I have a couple questions about this movie. Is Go there going to be old frayed toothbrushes that get thrown away? There's going to be old frayed toothbrushes that you that he that the young toothbrush finds on his journey. Like, because he gets left behind, right? He gets left behind. So eventually, he gets thrown away. I'm guessing, or maybe he gets thrown away, and that's how he gets left behind. But then he has to discover other toothbrushes along his journey back home. And he finds all the other discarded, broken, and frayed toothbrushes, and then they say, and they tell him it's not worth it. They just throw us away. But then, as soon as he finds his way back, and as soon as he as soon as he finds his way back and sneaks into a box, he goes like the owner goes, "There's my toothbrush, man!" And then he pulls it back out, and then end the movie. Roll credits. Okay. Cut me my check. Okay, I, I can see that. Um, I don't know what other kind of ridiculous movies I can think of. Um, I want to say Monopoly the movie, but that's going to be a real thing. That's, so like that's sooner or later, that's going to be a real thing. There that, was like a bidding war on that too, like years yeah, ago. Yeah, like they're they're actually like in the middle of. Let me see if I can bring up the details for it. But they've actually already started working on yeah. that. Um, okay, I, I have another one. MySpace right. the movie, just a sadder version of the Social Network. <laughs> <laughs> so so this is the uh, this is the story of. Um, this is the story of the people who made MySpace, or is it the story of actual MySpace? This is the story of the people who made MySpace. Okay. So, like, what was that dude who, like, was everybody's friend on MySpace? Dave or whatever. It's about Dave making MySpace, and then it falling into ruin, and then becoming a shell of what it used to be. Okay. And, and then, essentially, it ends with probably him being, like, a drunk or a drug addict or something. How long, realistically, do you think we have before we have a Twitter the movie? Like, okay, so... And like joke, joking aside from like a MySpace movie or anything like that, like the Social Network was actually a really good movie. I actually really enjoyed that one. David Fincher is a great director. Aaron Sorkin's a great writer, um, and you know, uh, you know Jesse Eisenberg is a fantastic actor. Uh, but you know that had a compelling story behind it. You know, based off of a book. You know about the development of Facebook because it became like this multi-billion-dollar company. Right. A Twitter movie, in my mind, probably... You have to say it 140 characters or less. <laughs> each, where's, each your pitch, where's your pitch in 140 <laughs> characters or less? If someone's able to pull that off, I would fucking give, give them the movie. They, they, they deserve the movie after that. The whole script has to be less than 140 characters. <laughs> it's just going to be like an abstract, you know, like, just expressionist movie. You can use emojis, <laughs> and they count as one character. So... Um, like like a, a Twitter movie, like if there is a compelling story behind it, and like if there's like a tell-all book that comes out by someone on the development team who is super pissed off, I can see that being like a thing. Same with like actually MySpace being a thing about like you know uh, something like that happening. I mean like and you look at like HBO series like Silicon Valley, where you know they kind of poke fun at that entire tech industry, yeah. like. Something along those lines it can make sense and can, can can probably work under the right circumstances, but you would need source material behind like the development of these websites. Right, right. Um, so here's my next pitch: um, clocks the movie. <laughs> you just looked at the clock, didn't you? Yep. I looked at the clock behind you, and then I looked looked at the clock to your right. <laughs> clocks the movie. So the whole thing. Is Toy Story clocks in the style of Twenty Four, where it's constantly like beep booping, <laughs> but it's just that the entire Twenty Four hours. Yeah, and it's just a Twenty Four hour long movie. <laughs> Actually, it's Twenty Five hours long because at some point the battery runs out, and you see a person walk by. And this movie can be animated. 
So you see an, a, a person walk by and they look at the clock and they're like, that's not the time. And they kind of look at the back and they switch the batteries out and put it back up. 25 hour long movie. Okay. Animated. Okay. Silly Putty the movie. <laughs> So, Silly Putty makes his way through life by imitating everything he sees, right? It's it's essentially a ditto Pokemon movie. Essentially a ditto Pokemon movie. But he just kind of like, like, he takes a place as like this uh, amorphous blob of a man. And like, he takes, and then like, he just keeps, you know, like wandering around. He's like maybe like two inches tall. And he just keeps wandering around until he finds more Silly Putty until he builds himself up into an actual human sized person. And eventually, eventually he sits in a bucket and makes a farty noise and everybody <laughs>, laughs at him. <laughs> End of movie. End of movie. Where's my check? I want my check now, Universal. Send it to me. Printer the movie. <laughs> Xerox. It's a, it's a movie about a printer <laughs> and it experience it like sees a murder. Yes. And now every time that it prints a piece of paper or like copies something, it prints out words describing the murder and the murder scene. At the end of the movie, the printer gets a medal and becomes the police chief. <laughs> I don't okay. know why, but, but just, just bear with me here. That's what happened. Okay. And so. at some point, the, the murderer isn't very happy with the printer doing this, so he copies his butt and forces the printer to look at his butt. Nice. I can dig it. <laughs> I, there like, you go. Just for the butt. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, so, like, I don't know why I just remember this, because this is running long and becoming less funny at the moment, by, yeah. by the minute. Um, so, like, there was a movie that came out a while ago in the vein of Toy Story called Food Fight. Have you ever heard of this? Uh-uh. Okay, so essentially, imagine, like, like all the spokespeople for, um, like, for all the food products. So you got, like, that Pelican from Vlasic Pickles, and you get Mr. Clean, and you get... Uh, you know the Jolly Green Giant, and you get yeah, all people from the fucking cereal boxes and stuff. And essentially, it's like this movie. It takes place in a supermarket after hours, and then all of a sudden, it becomes like a city, and like all like the food care, like all like the food spokespeople, like are alive like toy story and shit and it's just weird and stupid and so is this an actual movie this was an actual movie okay that was developed you know written directed and released there was like the biggest controversy behind it because like, if you look it up like you'll find out that this movie costs like six million dollars to make what was the name of the movie food fight mm-hmm. food fight let's look it up right now on imdb yeah um and uh, it costs like six million dollars to make, or some insane amount of money, because and like the finish, and it, it's not even finished. Like if you um like if you look at the actual like footage and everything else, it looks like it's not even halfway done. It, it has a one point nine out of ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those ones you find in like Mexican bargain, you know, bargain stores, like like their little like like quarter sale bin you know you know what we can watch this because i have amazon prime at home and apparently it's on amazon prime we should probably watch this i need to watch this now i need to know what happens so um like it's just super insane has like charlie sheen and wayne brady and uh like even longoria i think in it hillary duff is in it hillary duff and uh damn it who like christopher um, lloyd christopher lloyd's in it too it's just it's like the most absurd thing and the most absurd property to ever be made into a movie and like the main characters in the movie aren't even like actual like you know like 
fucking food spokesman or whatever. I feel like just the like copyright rights to get all this shit would be super expensive. Yeah, and that's what all the money was spent on too was just like on like uh, to get like a hold of the copyrights or to get a hold of like the um, the rights to, to use these characters in a movie. But then like the actual movie is just like not even done. So everybody should go look this up. The cover for the movie has the tuna guy that mm-hmm. that uh, fucking blue tuna guy. It has the Twinkie guy. Mm-hmm. Twinkie the kid. Twinkie the kid. He's got the Velasix pickle guy mm-hmm. and then it's got the Aunt Jemima syrup lady yeah or some other syrup lady and then there is a dog holding the hand of a girl and they're chasing after the food yeah I don't know if you've seen it before but I've seen it before yeah so like so yeah it's uh, it seems kind of uh, insane they're just they're, they're pretty much just telling us that we got to leave soon um, yeah we need to watch this yeah um, at the very least so I can like at least like we'll probably watch like the first ten minutes and then like shut it off because there's like I mean like even like the trauma movies like, like Kabuki Cop it was actually watchable. This doesn't seem like it's watchable other than like the first like ten minutes before like my brain melts and my eyes explode. So you know yeah I don't know why I just wanted to throw that out there because it's just like because these ridiculous movies do get made yeah and like, more often than not they. Uh, they spend way too much money on them, and they're not successful. But time and time again, they will continue to make these mm. stupid movies. Yeah, and like then, like the worst part too is like not even like these the insane movie properties. The worst ones are like the weird ripoff movies that like that come out like um. There, like when Brave first came out, there was like a movie that hit the shelves like what, like a week after like the movie came out in theaters. It called like you know, like no, some bitch the Brave or whatever. Yeah, and and of course the 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 other words were very small, and Brave was very big. Yeah. These like you know B. Not even B, like F tier <laughs> animated flicks, that like just knockoff of movies. Yeah, like Disney movies and even like DreamWorks movies. There's um, what's that? there's that one movie? I think it's by DreamWorks. It's called like a Shark's Tale. Mm-hmm. And um, that movie sucked balls. That anyway. movie sucked and it looked kind of shitty. But then there was a knockoff of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just like it looks even shittier already. Yeah. And so. there, there was like a knockoff of like uh, Kung Fu Panda. It was like with a rabbit or something like that, and it was. I can't. I can't even remember. I can't even bother to remember all the knockoffs. With anymore. those, I mean, they they have to know that the main reason people are buying these is out of mistake, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's always like grandmas, grandmas, or like parents who don't give a shit buying that shit for their mm-hmm. kids. Um, knowing that, they have to know like that their budget for making these movies has to be relatively small. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking like Danger Five small. Yeah. Like at least Danger Five embraced it, but like, like there was like even a ripoff of like the Cars movie, and they've already made like six of them or some crazy fucking number of them. It's just, it's just mind boggling that these things like someone went like, yeah, this is a good fucking idea. This is a stellar idea that we're gonna make so many of these and we're gonna make all this money back. I mean, I imagine they probably maybe dropped like. 15 bucks into the production of this movie maybe and they probably all did it like on they just they just went to some uh some art school or some animation school and they were like all right I so need to for your guys computer, guys for your guys's final project <laughs> you guys have a scene from this shitty script i wrote that i ripped off of kung fu panda with and make it animated and if you guys do a good job you're gonna get an a 
Yeah. And a copy of the you movie. You know what? That's exactly how it probably went down, too. Like, some fucking lame-ass professor was like, he's like, I don't give a shit anymore. I'm trying to make some money here. <laughs> Teaching these shithead assholes is not making me, is not paying my rent or buying me groceries. I need to find a way out of this. And he found a way out of it. Yeah. Um, so I think it's safe to wrap up and say shitty movies are shit. Even good movies are shit sometimes. And pretty much anything with product placement is going to be shit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So, Jurassic Park has some pretty easy, pretty cool product placement. What was that? Jurassic Jurassic World has some pretty good product placement. Yeah, but that was they weren't like focused on the product placement. No, but it was there. It wasn't food fight. It wasn't food fight though. Food fight is is always is a hundred percent product placement. <laughs> that's, that's the entire premise of the movie. Oh man! All right. Well, let's get out of here. Let's go watch that movie and get some Little Caesars. And yeah, I want to watch that movie. We didn't watch the fucking Super Mario Brothers movie like no, we expected to. Like wanted to a couple weeks ago, so we need to do that. Um, <laughs> Horrible movie marathon, yeah. But uh, we should be back next week on Saturday. I know I'll have Saturday off next week, um, so Saturday we will be back. Um, as always, listen to us on Stitcher. Uh, because right now we are the only two active listeners on Stitcher listening to our podcast. So um, I look forward to hearing myself later. Yeah, not really. No, <laughs> I already said all this shit. I don't want to have to listen to it again. Um, so yeah, listen to us on Stitcher. Um, go listen to us on the website. Um, at some point, I'll get us on iTunes. Yeah, I think once I do, hopefully our listenership will go up a bit. <laughs> Go up one person. One person is all I need. They, I think, they think iTunes gives you like a complimentary listener just for making it on there. It's just like it's just like MySpace. They give you that yeah, one kind con- one friend. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna get out of here. We'll be back uh, next week. So uh, yeah, I, I feel like we still need we need to figure out a way to end this show. Uh, because <laughs> we should just like be in a panic and just like oh my gosh, shut the fucking thing off. Because right now we're still running. And we I wanted to of, end it, but I, I can't think of a way to end it. We can't think of a way to end it. So we should have music that just fades rushes, out. rushes us out. <laughs> like we just like have like the Academy Awards music just like fade us out eventually. Yeah, just like and they cut off our mics. <laughs> and we can't say a word. Anymore. And then we just have to yell for all of you guys to hear. Um, all right, yeah, but we'll be back next week. So we'll uh, we'll see you guys later.